Welcome to What's Up, Wellness from the Third Floor. This podcast is provided by the Wellness and Health Action Team, also known as WET, from Portland State University's Center for Student Health and Counseling, or SHAC. We're located in the Health Promotion Suite on the third floor of the University Center building on campus. Our purpose with this podcast is to discuss a variety of health-related topics in a way that will be accessible for a non-traditional campus. My name is Bella, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. My name is Josh, and my pronouns are they, them, theirs. And my name is Quinn. My pronouns are he, him, his. We're all members of the Wellness and Health Action Team, and we'll be your hosts for this podcast. Let's get into it. Welcome back, listeners. Thank you for joining us again this week. We are continuing on our series of highlighting um, the CRCs, the Cultural Resource Centers here at PSU. And we have the honor of being joined by Bree, a representative from PIA. Um, thanks again, Bree, for joining us um, and being a part of this. Um, would you mind going ahead and like introducing yourself a little bit? Of course. First of all, thank you so much for having me and for thinking of our centers. Uh, Aloha mai kako. My name is Brie Kalima. I use she and her pronouns. And like it was mentioned, I serve as the program coordinator for the Pacific Islander Asian and Asian American Student Center at Portland State University. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brie. Um, And to just kind of like jump straight into it, can you kind of like talk about and highlight some of like the major services and programs that y'all at PIA provide to the students? Yeah, of course. So the Pacific Islander Asian and Asian American Student Center, or PIA for short, uh, we offer an engaging and accepting space to address the diverse and changing needs of our Asian and Pacific Islander student communities. Uh, We also strengthen the identity of API students through accessible programming, intercultural community building, and social justice education. Um, Some of the main things that we provide is programming, first and foremost, for our students. Um, And our major programs that we have happen in January January or February, depending on the year, and that's Lunar New Year, and that's what we celebrate. And then in May, all month long, we have Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. So we do a bunch of programming during the month of May. Uh, this year, we're offering 14 events throughout the month of May. So that's that's really awesome. And that's basically where a huge chunk of our programming happens is in the spring term. Yeah, I've, there's some really, really cool um, like events that are going on. I saw the, the, the one in particular that I'm thinking of that you, y'all are offering some like hands-on um, stuff that you can actually like, participate in person, which um, I got to collaborate a little bit with um, Finia CC um, doing like honor day beating. That was like so cool to be able to like tangibly do stuff with folks. Um, yes. So that's super cool. Um, kind of continuing off of that, I feel like you like answered it within it, but um, can you just like talk about like who uses your center typically? Like what is the student population that typically interacts with y'all? Yeah. So our centers are open to everyone. So we can see all different types of people using our spaces. But when PIA was open, uh, you know, before the pandemic, you would see a lot of API students using our space. Uh, We also have a lot of community members. It just really depends on the day and on the type of events that we have. So if it's a community focused event, we see a lot more people like from the public, from the community coming in. But typically day to day, if you're just walking through the center, there are a lot of students that hang out in there. They play a lot of games. Our center is known for being loud and being busy with students playing music, playing games, doing homework. Um, And yeah, it's just a really beautiful space to be in. That's super, any like community gathering place is fantastic. Um, Just for folks, since we are thinking about going back in fall term, um, and I know there's a lot of like new incoming transfer and freshman folks or folks that started this year that never actually got to go to campus. um, Can you just highlight exactly where PIA is located? So when we're wandering around back on campus, you know where to go. 
Yeah, we are located in the Smith Memorial Student Union on the second floor in room 235. Um, thankfully, a lot of our centers in Smith are actually back to back located on the same, I think it's the south side of the building. Um, so you can walk through one center and basically go down the hall and see all of our centers, which is really awesome. That is super like fun to have everything connected. Yes. Um, and I feel like you touched on this a little bit in like the introduction um, of uh, Pia, but um, do you like, can you just like elaborate a little bit more about like the, the major programming events that you all do throughout the year? Um, I know you mentioned like the Lunar New Year um, in like January, February, and then also um, the API Heritage Month. Um, we'd love to just hear a little bit more if you don't mind elaborating. Yeah, so uh, depending on the year, like I mentioned, Lunar New Year either falls in January or February. Every year we like to have a Lunar New Year celebration because that pulls in a lot of our Asian community um, since a lot of them celebrate Lunar New Year. And so usually for that event every year, we'll do some kind of presentation talking about what Lunar New Year is in case there are folks, um, students or folks from the community that don't know what Lunar New Year is or don't celebrate that. So we do a little background on what Lunar New Year is. Typically we have a bunch of food that is um, traditionally eaten during Lunar New Year that we offer to folks. Um, so that we can all celebrate together. And then for API Heritage Month, you know, it, it varies every year because our centers are very student-centered, right? And so depending on the student team that I have, our programming would look very different. And so this year, because we're virtual and my team is super awesome, they're really engaged and they really want to engage with our community, we're offering 14 events, right? Um, every month of May, we have one week set out that we do um, Pacific Islander focused programming because we recognize that in the API community, typically the Pacific Islander community is left out in those conversations, in the spaces, in representation and visibility. And so we like to have one week really focus on visibility and representation for our Pacific Islander community. Last year and this year, it was, doing, it was during week seven. And we offer a week-long series. So every single day we have programming. And one of those days is centered on our keynote speaker that we partner with the Queer Resource Center with, actually. So it's a really awesome program. Um, I really look forward to that collaboration every single year. It's a really big event. Um, and API Heritage Month is really our month to just celebrate who we are, you know, call in our community, um, call in folks who are allies and just really want to learn more about our community and really be there to support us. Um, and so far we've done most of our programming. I think we have about five left at this point. And it's just been really beautiful to see different faces, to see similar faces in, in the meeting spaces um, and really trying to engage our community on different levels based off of their needs and their interests. Oh, that's super awesome. And I, and I think what you like highlighted too, like within that of like, right, it's a, it's a large community with a lot of like different like cultures included in that. And each of them have different needs. Um, and so, yeah, like holding, holding space for that community, but also acknowledging, you know, the, the, the differences is important. So I don't know. Yes, exactly. Great thing to point out. Um, so kind of continuing to expand on what PIA kind of like looks like and the whole vibe of the center. Um, just love to hear more about like kind of what, what is the community like look like at PSU? Kind of what, what's the, what's the environment feel like, how, like how, yeah, I guess, I guess just like kind of like des describe if you could, like what is the community vibe within PIA itself? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, and it's so hard because it's like, I can think about pre-pandemic, like how our community was. And I can think about now that we're in the pandemic, right? And what our community looks like. So pre-pandemic, 
I mentioned before, but our center is really loud and busy. There's a lot of people moving in and out. It's one of our most frequently used centers after our multicultural center. And so it really shows because when you're in the center, a lot of times there aren't spaces to sit, there aren't spaces to be because so many people have already taken up space, which is just beautiful. We love to see that. Um, and now that we're in the pandemic, you know, I think the community is just as alive and just as flourishing. I think a lot of things have happened to our community with COVID-19, with anti-Asian uh, racism going around, that it really draws our community a lot tighter uh, because we need one another. You know, we rely on one another to help to help us survive what is going on, not only in not only with the pandemic, but other things that have happened because of the pandemic. Um, Speaking outside of PIA, our community is so large at PSU that we have over 12 student organizations that represent the PIA community. And we have one of the largest employee resource groups offered at PSU as well. So a lot of, like I mentioned before, our community is very active. We're activated. Um, there's a lot of support that we need and we really come together for one another to provide that home away from home for each other. That's super awesome. I, I didn't even realize that there were that many um, like student organizations. That's super, super cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, th thank you for sharing that. Um, I would kind of also like really love to, um, to talk about or like highlight um, just are there any like initiatives or like projects or issues or movements that y'all are working on um, that you would want us to like highlight and share with the student body um, kind of project that forward? Definitely. So it's a little bit of a lengthy history, but starting around 2011, 2012, CAPAS was created, which is the Coalition for Asian and Pacific American, no, C-A-P-A-S, Asian and Pacific American Studies. So creating an AAPI studies program on campus. Um, then in 2017, a task force was created to look at success for our community. Um, a task force report was created. Nothing really happened with that. And then in 2020, myself and Dr. Betty Uzumi were elected as presidential fellows to look at that 2017 task force report and to update the recommendations and see what the university can do now. Our top recommendation from the task force report and the presidential fellow report was to create an Asian American and Pacific Islander studies program at PSU because we currently do not have one. We have an Asian studies program, but Asian American and Asian are two completely different experiences, right? And the experiences, the experiences of Pacific Islanders are extremely different as well. And so now the initiative that's at the top of our movements, um, is that fight for Asian American and Pacific Islander Studies program. We're in the process of applying for grants, trying to get um, university support in that movement. We're doing a presentation tomorrow with the president um, and his board just to ask for more support to see what the university has in mind and what we can do to work together to create that. So that's kind of a larger like API movement on campus. Something specific to PIA is that we're advocating, we're always advocating for a larger space on campus to house our community. Like I mentioned, PIA is the second most used space out of all of our cultural resource centers. But if you've ever been to PIA, you know just how small that space is. And like I mentioned earlier, sometimes there are so many people in the space that there are no seats available. So what does that look like post pandemic, right? If our space is already small, like how are we gonna have our community 
gathered in our space to feel like a community space for folks. So um, if we could get a larger space on campus, that would be beautiful. I mean, ideally, I would love to have my own building like the Native American Student and Community Center. I think our community is large enough to fill a space like that. And I think it would be really beautiful. And with getting a larger space, we'd also like to have more professional staff. I'm the only person that runs PIA, right? I mean, I have my student team, but I'm the only professional staff that's in there. So with getting a larger space, also getting more professional staff to support our community would be really beautiful. Yeah, that's a whole bunch. I don't know, just as like a student employee, like there's a lot that goes into running anything. So like, thank you for doing what you do. That's wild to have to juggle all of that. (laughs) Thank you. Um, And just to kind of highlight those two kind of like movement initiatives that you talked about um, in terms of, you know, creating the like a Asian, Asian American and Pacific Islander, like more program um, on campus and then also pushing for, you know, a larger space for PIA um, for us students that wanted to get involved in like helping move that forward. um, Would the best way to go about that be like reaching out to the president's office, sending emails, that kind of thing? Oh, yeah, that would be amazing. There was a or there is a petition that was going around um, and we gathered over 500 signatures on that petition just to show support. So if you see petitions like that coming out right now, we're in the planning process. We're advocating for funding. So once the classes come out, we, you know, the biggest thing is like having students register for those classes because we need to show that there's a need from our community to have this program. Right. And so um registering for for classes, letting the president know like, hey, this is something that we need on campus. This is something that the community has been asking for from at least 2011, 10 years ago, right? Our community has been advocating for this. So just really being there to support us, to push our mission forward, that would be really great. And that's what we're looking for. Awesome. Yeah. So for all the listeners, as usual, all of the links to anything that we mentioned, um, so like social media for PIA, um, activities that are going on for the rest of 2021's um, uh, like events. Uh, I'll include links to those in the description below. Um, I'll also make sure that we get, um, along with the regular transcript link, you'll find a link to an email um, that you can copy paste and send to the president um, regarding that stuff. So we can make make it easy for all y'all to help push make that happen. Yes, I will send you the link for the petition. I'll also send you the 2017 task force report and the presidential um, fellows report as well so that folks can look over those because those are really important documents that haven't really circulated the university that I also think really need to be circulated so that folks understand like hey this is happening you know this community is activated on campus we're doing things we're pushing for things like and the more people we can get to support us the better so thank you for that I appreciate it yeah absolutely and yeah and thank you for sending all of those links I would I would I didn't know about the the 2017 report so I would love Love to scour through that. My like yes. data nerd will will self will love that. <laughs> um, but kind of um, moving into some more, I guess, like broader questions for you. Um, just curious um, about, I don't know, over the past year, and I think you touched on this a little bit, there's been a lot happening um, and going on, um, particularly around like, um, there's a lot of more awareness and conversations that are happening around like racism and anti-racism work. Um, Black Lives Matter did like a huge thing pushing that forward. And then, you know, I've seen a more of a growing awareness um, of like the, like, like stop Asian hate, um, like the anti-Asian, um, the anti-Asian like racism um, being uh, 
push to ending that has been growing and, and moving up. But there's also been a lot of conversations around like intersectionality. So the um, how folks with um, multiple, um, how folks' different identities kind of interact um, and you know, the, the privilege and oppression that comes within that and just navigating spaces mm-hmm. around those kind of things for, for listeners that might not be familiar with intersectionality. Mm-hmm. Um, I just would love to hear more about um, how PIA is um, incorporating both, um, you know, all of the Black Lives Matter and all of the other anti-racism um, movements, as well as considering intersectionality in the work that y'all do. Yeah, so I'll start with the Black Lives Matter movement um, and what it is that we did in PIA. So, The way that I look at it, when I look at the Black Lives Matter movement, I think a lot of it is doing, calling inward, right? Calling into our community to do the work. And so what we do is we're offering ongoing training and educational opportunities for PIA staff to gain awareness, knowledge, and language around racism, anti-racist work, social justice, white supremacy, all of those things, so much more, right? So we can prepare our leaders to do that work. Uh, We're also continuously working to foster spaces where PIA in PIA, where we can have these authentic and meaningful conversations about white supremacy, racism, and anti-Blackness. We are initiating and fostering intentional collaboration that supports and amplifies the voices of BIPOC. Um, And how we did a bunch of this is like addressing anti-Blackness in the PIA community through our programming. So um, in the month of February 2021, during Black History Month, we offered a series of three events that shout out to our programming team student, Maddie. They organized all three of those events, really beautiful. And the intention behind those events was again to call in our community to do that work, right? The first event was around anti-Blackness and colorism in the API community. Um, And then we had events around solidarity and joy as well, right? Because we wanna talk about the history of solidarity between our communities because this fight for liberation is not new to us. It's not something that we've never done before. So we wanna remind our community like this fight with the black community, like we've been in it with them and how do we continue to do that work? And also how do we celebrate the joy of the black community as well and the beautiful things that come out of that community? Um, And, you know, personally, some things I do too is being a constant advocate for our black colleagues, students, friends, and family members. Just remembering that they don't always have to voice their opinions, that there are other folks there that are that their accomplices are there to help voice what they need as well. Um, for intersectionality, a lot of our programs cover this as well, right? So what is today? Tuesday. So tomorrow, Wednesday, the 19th, we have an event around, it's called Mixed-ish in the API community that talks about being multiracial, multi-ethnic, multicultural, and how we identify the world through that lens. Um, and on Friday, we're offering an event around being API and being LGBTQ. So we're trying to offer different programming around different intersectionalities. Um, again, to offer our community different spaces to fit their needs, to fit their interests. Awesome. No. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I, I love that you pointed out, right, that it's not just on that individual community to always fight for what they need. It's like all of us collectively working together um, and helping each other out with things. Yeah. Um, and that kind of perfectly leads into my next question um, for you. Um, so how can folks that might not um, identify as part of the PIA community be better allies to y'all. Um, how, so like, how can the larger PSU community like help support you? And we touched on that a little bit with like, you know, there's those links to those emails that you can send in the description below. And that's one thing, but like, 
Like what else can folks do? Yeah. So first and foremost, supporting that fight for the API studies program at PSU. I think that is the biggest initiative that we're working on right now. And we really need support from the campus, especially non-API folks to show too. You know what I mean? Like we are interested in these classes. We're interested in supporting this community. It's not just the API community on campus that need this at PSU. Um, And then largely what folks can do is calling out anti-Asian rhetoric and hate when they see it, when they hear it. You know what I mean? I think that's one of the biggest things for all BIPOC communities is like, if I'm Asian and I hear anti-Asian rhetoric happening, it takes a lot more energy from myself to call that out and to feel targeted by that versus somebody else who is not API who can call that out easily. You know what I mean? And that goes for all BIPOC communities. I think the last thing too is to support our center and to support our work. Um, I'm very collaborative in my approach to programming. And so if there are folks on campus that want to collaborate with us, our programming budget is fairly small, but we make it work. So always, if there are folks that are looking to donate money, who are looking to donate their time and their energy, I always capitalize on those moments. So um, yeah, support the fight for AAPI studies, call out anti-Asian rhetoric and hate, and support our center and our work. Thank you for sharing that. So kind of, we talked a little bit about earlier on um, specifically how in like the past year, I, I mean, anti-Asian racism isn't something that is new. It's been around for a while, but I feel like um, we've seen a lot more of it um, and in in an increasing and a little, a, a, frankly, alarming volume um, over the past year. Um, can you just talk a little bit about like how that, racism previously and then also in this past year has like impacted the Kapia community um, and kind of the overall like health of both like the students community at large and in the families? Yeah this is a big question and I don't know if I'll be able to answer it fully and you know I don't want to speak on like the entire community and this is how folks react to it so I can only really speak on myself and how it has impacted me as somebody who is both Asian American and Pacific Islander. Um, And the first thing that came to mind when hearing this question is how racism impacts our mental health, right? There are so many different types of health that it can impact, but I think our mental health is the biggest thing of how we view ourselves, how safe we feel in public, how we feel in relation to other communities and other people. Um, And I think that's one of the biggest things is, is our mental health and how that is affected negatively because of racism. And I know there's a lot of studies that are out there just on the negative impacts of racism as well on black communities. So if you can imagine that, like for our community, I would say it's, it's relatively similar, you know, it impacts the way that we're in relation with other folks because we never really know how safe we can be with other people. Right. Um, When the pandemic hit around March of last year, I received a call to my work phone. This is when we were still in person. It actually happened to be like the day that we were like packing up, getting ready to leave. I received a phone call from someone on a private number, you know, saying, uh, I do want to give a trigger warning. They were saying a lot of hateful things to me, um, Mm -hmm. saying the Chinese community needs to go back to where they come from and saying all of this really harsh things. And the first thing I thought about was my safety. You know what I mean? How safe is it that I feel on campus? Because there are people out there that are listening to the president at the time that are listening to the Kung flu um, and think that it's our community that are spreading COVID, right? And so I think that is such a particular niche that's happening during this time too, that it's it's not just any type of racism, it's racism 
that is built out of being scared because of this pandemic, you know? So again, back to what I was saying, it really impacts our mental health. It really, really, really impacts that. And I think our safety as well. Yeah, no, that's, I like the audacity of someone to call like directly on campus and like say, I'm, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I like, I'm, I'm sorry that happened. And then, but also I think that is a really good example to just like highlight to folks, right? Like if that's happening to a structural, like, right, like a system, you know, number, like how, how are like average everyday people that are just interacting, you know, on the street or out in the community, like being impacted? Um, Yeah, exactly. And my thing too was like, as scared as I was to receive that message, I was glad that it came to my work number. I was glad that it wasn't somebody that came into PIA because at the time PIA was still open. Students were still in PIA. That nobody went to PIA. Nobody left any hateful messages on that phone. Nobody left any like physical messages in the center at all. I walked in the space right after I received that voicemail and I checked in on the students and nothing had happened in that space. And so that is one thing that I can be super thankful for. Um, and that is a blow that I will take for our community all the time. You know what I mean? As the leader of PIA, like if somebody wants to say hateful messages, you can say that to me, but don't ever say that to our students. Right. Um, so that's, I guess, a positive that came out of that, that it came to me and it, it didn't impact our students at all. Yeah. I, I will say just to kind of touch on that, um, I'm sure folks have like seen it in their inboxes. I don't know, we get flooded with emails all the time, but there's like specifically, uh, you know, emails from, you know, the different offices on campus that like talk about how to go about um, if you see things like that on campus or you hear about it off campus that you can and you should you know, bring that up to people um, so that conversations can be had. If you feel like you have the, you know, emotional capacity to like approach someone on the, like if you feel safe enough and you have the emotional capacity to go up and approach somebody on the street that's saying something like that, like it's important to both call out and call in like, hey, you can't do that. Like protect the people around you. And then also we need to have a conversation about that because that's so not okay. Um, And I'll include a link below so that folks know where to go to kind of report those kind of conversations. Um, but right, like, again, um, I I don't know. Thank you for keeping an eye out on the students and looking after them um, and protecting them. But let's Always. try to push to make that not happen because that's just, I don't know. I'm That's very, like, infuriating to hear. Yes, yes, I agree. Um, kind of flowing off of that, um, can you just talk about, like, how does PIA like act as a source of like healing for the community? How does it like bring folks together? We've touched on a lot of cool things that y'all do, but how do, how do you feel like that facilitates like, you know, healing and interconnectedness within PIA? Yeah, I think our physical space offers a place for folks to come together, process and learn and just be be in a safe space with one another. And I think our programming offers exactly the same thing, right? It offers a space for folks to learn, to process, to heal, um, to come together in community with one another in the API community and just in our larger community, our PSU community, um, to learn, to strategize. Um, And I also wanna say like, a source of healing in our center is myself, you know, like I offer myself to all students, 
Um, if, if you need somebody to talk to, if you need somebody to vent, to process with, like, I love doing those kind of things. And so every time I hear maybe like a complaint from a student or, you know, I'm feeling like I don't feel represented on campus. Like I want to be that person for students because that's why I came into this work. Right. I recognize when I was an undergraduate student, there wasn't anybody, there wasn't really anyone from the community that I came from that I could rely on, that I could count on, that I could talk to. And I want to be that person for students. So I really want to let students know that and listeners, you know, that if you need a space to process, you need someone to process with, like come to our events. And if you don't feel comfortable or safe in like a large space like that, please reach out to me. My email is bklima at pdx.edu. Reach out to me anytime. And I'm totally open um, folks in the API community and folks not in the API community. If you just need somebody, I'm here for y'all. Awesome. And I will, of course, um, include um, links to, to that in the description as well. So folks can reach out to you. But thank you for, for being like a mentor and, and facilitating like such an awesome space. And then also like offering yourself to folks. That's such a, such a cool thing. Um, I don't know to do. And it's very appreciated. Um, I just want to like, thank you again, like so much for your time and collaborating with us on this um, and like sharing so much. It's really, really appreciated. Um, and I kind of want to like pass the torch off to you um, and give you like the space to like highlight literally like anything that we talked about today, if there's something else that you want to like really like hammer home with it, or if you just want to, you know, um, really share whatever um, you want, the, the floor is all yours. So go off. <laughs> Oh, wow. I feel a lot of pressure now. <laughs> um, if I didn't hammer it in y'all from this podcast so far, please, please, please support the fight for API studies. Um, sign the petition, send emails. Um, what y'all can also do is to please, you know, support our programming, be there to show folks that this is needed, that we need more support for our API students on campus. Um, I also want to let everyone know, like, be unapologetic in taking care of yourselves. I think that's something I really learned during this pandemic is like, if you need downtime, take that downtime. Um, even though there might not be like a reason to treat yourself or to take that time off, there is always a reason, right? You're working, you're living through a pandemic, like take the time to take care of yourselves. Um, and the last thing I want to say is thank you so much for giving our center a platform. Thank you for letting me be here today, talk about our center and our programs and the work that we've been doing. There's a lot that we're doing and we're always doing something. So thank you so much for this platform, for offering the resources for listeners. Uh, it'll be really critical that folks look over all of the documents that we have uh, and really knowing how to support our community in our fight for API studies. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I, I love what she had to say about the self-care. It's so, so real. Um, and, and yeah, no, like, thank, thank you. I, um, I look forward to hopefully being able to collaborate again next year and kind of expand this conversation um, outside of just like PO 101. <laughs> um, yes. But uh, yes, like, thank you again so much for your time. Like listeners, please, please, please check out the links in the description. Everything is there for you. All you gotta do is copy, paste and hit send on that email. Um, but I hope that you all um, learned something new. You have some actionable items to, to follow through on. Um, and most importantly, that you, you all take care. We'll see you next time, listeners. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the What's Up podcast. We'll catch up with you on our next episode, which will be posted every Friday this term. 
While PSU has gone remote for the time being, we wanted to let you know that Shaq is still here for you. We are fully committed to the physical and emotional health and wellness of PSU students. Please call ahead to use our health services for flu shots, free COVID testing, or general appointments at 503-725-2800. Counseling services are still available via telehealth and you can schedule your appointments by calling that same number 503-725-2800. If you are looking for more health and wellness resources, you can check out our online health magazine that gets sent to your pdx.edu email every Wednesday, or you can download the Campus Well app. You can also check out the virtual MindSpot experience to rest, relax, and rejuvenate wherever you have internet access. We will be including website links in the episode description. We also have a Google form that you can complete with any questions about health, check, or anything we discuss in the podcast. You can find the link in the episode description. Thanks for listening and take care.